0: Christian Heritage Ministry in cooperation with Fuller
1: Seminary proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles Eiffel.
2: Sunshine. Anyone here has never heard Heavenly Sunshine? Is there a soul here that has never heard Heavenly Sunshine? Put your hand out. Never heard it. Well, I thought maybe I could have someone sing a duet with me. All right, now you know that chorus it has gone around the world. Lift it up now and then shake hands with as many as possible. You sing through the first time. All together. Heavenly Sunshine. And you seated by the radio, if it's impossible for you to be able to sing about heavenly sunshine, not having Jesus the light of the world in your soul. Open your heart right now and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. And let the Christ of glory come in and be your Savior. And then you can join in with us as we sing through the second time on Heavenly Sunshine. Will you do it out in the radio audience and anyone here? All right, come on. Heavenly Sunshine, sunshine, Heavenly Sunshine. Seated, please.
1: Oh, hasten today And out with the lifeboat Away then, away
2: happy to announce that Rudy Atwood is at the piano and George Broadbent at the organ. Leland Green is the leader of the old-fashioned Revival Hour Choir. The quartet is John Lundgren and Jack Coleman, Ken Brown, and Art Jaisley. I just couldn't help but admire Art on that solo. I always love to hear him in that deep bass voice. Don't you? All right, Art. Bless your heart. And again, the sweetest voice on the radio. I said it, honey. Go right ahead. (laughs)
0: Greetings, friends. Some letters for you today. From southwestern Germany, a serviceman, one of our own boys, writes, he's just a young chap and rather lonesome. Dear Reverend Fuller, when I was at home in Georgia, I listened to you every week, and then I was called into the army a little over a year ago. For nine and a half months, I was in South Carolina, where I could hear every Sunday. And then we left for overseas, and I couldn't hear you until tonight. I was on duty and idly turning the radio dial around midnight, and was I surprised to hear your familiar music, and then your message. I surely did drink it in and enjoy every minute of it. It gave me just the spiritual uplift I need. I am a Christian, but I need prayer to overcome temptations. Keep up your good work, Mr. Fuller. For it means so much for a soldier far away from home to hear the wonderful message of our lord like we used to hear at home we had a letter this week from a lady in switzerland who listens regularly to this program and one from a man in northern norway who speaks and reads english but he does not write it and so he wrote us a good letter in norwegian telling us how hungry he was for christian fellowship until he happened on the old-fashioned revival hour, and since then it has been a great blessing to him. We had the letter translated. Good letter. The lady writes of the bright conversion of a young teenage lad in Ireland after the way of salvation was made plain in one of Mr. Fuller's messages. A missionary in the Kentucky Mountains writes from his sickbed in the hospital. He says, Dear Dr. Fuller, We came to work in the Kentucky Mountains ten years ago and open the doors of our home to the homeless Kentucky Mountain children, and have about 35 boys and girls living with us now. We always gather around the radio each Sunday to hear the fine music of your hour and the rich Bible messages, which have meant so much to us all these years. I am hearing you today in the hospital because my wife bought a radio so that I would not have to miss one broadcast But the others are all listening at home, and may God continue to bless your ministry. That is all I shall have time for today, friends.
1: you
2: stand please and sing two verses of number 35 on your song sheet let the lower lights be burning everyone singing heartily Brightly be you In prayer, and every believer on praying ground, may we pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Jesus, Thy beloved Son, the light of the world, and we thank Thee that through the preaching of the word, the entrance of which has given light to our own individual souls, that Jesus has taken up his abode in our hearts cleansed by his precious blood. And we pray today, as the word is given forth, again it may go out as beams of healing power to bring poor, lost, hell-bound sinners to a saving knowledge of Christ and the saints built up in the most holy faith. And to those that are discouraged and on the verge, perhaps, some listening on the verge of committing suicide, check them today and may the Holy Spirit point them to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, and may they be saved, and be saved for eternity. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tet's going to sing the Pearly White City. I wonder how many listening to the broadcast of the old-fashioned revival hour today are ready for that Pearly White City. There's only one way, and that is through Christ. Especially listen to the message of this number as they sing this, one of my favorite, the Pearly White City.
1: The massive wall is of jasper, the city itself is pure gold. City. To the old fashioned revival hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled Walking in the Light. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller's message. with oh.
2: your Bibles, please, and turn to the fifth chapter of Ephesians, the fifth chapter of Ephesians. In the verses from 431 to 514, we find the Christian's worthy walk set forth in a twofold manner. First, as a walk in love, Ephesians 5.2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. And then, as a walk in light, according to verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In our next broadcast, Lord willing, is speaking upon a very important theme, the Spirit-filled life. And two weeks from today, upon the Spirit-filled Christian home. Do not miss them. Tell your friends to tune in. Now, two great spiritual forces are in existence today. Two great spiritual kingdoms are in a never-ceasing warfare over the souls of men. The present wars breaking out over the world among nations is nothing compared to the spiritual warfare that is now going on. And these two spiritual forces are spoken of in Romans the eighth chapter verse two as the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus making us free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death, those two laws are in operation right now. And again, Jesus speaking in the eighth chapter of the gospel of John verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Lord Jesus, the light of the world, is the kingdom, is the king over the kingdom of light, administering the law of the spirit of life. Satan, the old serpent, the devil, referred to as the prince of the power of the air, is also referred to as a ruler over the kingdom of darkness, administering the law of sin and death. These two are diametrically opposed, and there is no quarter given, and there's no middle ground. Now, since all have sinned, and since all by nature are children of wrath, yes, that child of yours that in your family is by nature a child of wrath and needs salvation, the moment that it comes to the age of accountability, since all have sinned and since all by nature are children of wrath, children of disobedience, then all by nature are citizens of Satan's kingdom, walking in spiritual darkness, energized by Satan, the prince of the power of the air, and existing under the law of sin and death. Hence we read in Colossians 1.13 that when upon conversion, a soul accepting Christ as his own personal Savior. He is then delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, the kingdom of light. Once blinded, spiritually blinded, a newborn soul becoming regenerated, experiences the new birth, exclaims, Once I was blind, now I see. And in Ephesians 5, 8, the Holy Spirit points out this great fact. For ye, speaking to the believers, were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So today, first of all, may we see from God's Word the present state of all unsaved children of darkness, their works and their destiny. And then briefly consider the present state of all born-again believers, children of light, their works, and their destiny. Now, first of all, to you who are children of darkness, not born again, and if you do not have the witness of the Spirit in your heart that you have passed from death unto life, you are a citizen of Satan's kingdom of double darkness. Every person, regardless of color or race, born into this world is a child of darkness, a citizen of Satan's kingdom of gross darkness. All, therefore, are in need of redemption, in the need of experiencing the new birth. For except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Paul, writing to the Ephesian believers, he puts these words, Ye were sometimes darkness, that is, darkness incarnate, you once were. There was a time when you, Ephesian believers, and all believers since, were nothing but darkness, spiritually considered. And the Ephesian Christians did not merely do works of darkness, but they were darkness itself. They were subjects in the kingdom of darkness ruled over by the prince of darkness. I'm driving it home so that you may know. And children of the father of darkness destined to spend eternity in the pit of darkness. Now, wake up! The appointed unto man wants to die. After that, the judgment. And if you die as a soul in spiritual darkness, you will spend eternity in the pit of darkness. I know it isn't popular, but you're going to get it anyway. All right. And you, my unsaved friend, and I love you, now in darkness and in spiritual darkness, I plead with you to awake Arise and be reconciled to God ere you die in your sins and not being able to go where Jesus is. Now the works of darkness are spoken of in verses 3 to 7 of Ephesians 5. What a picture. Let me read it to you. Beginning at verse 3. But fornication. And when the Word of God speaks, it does not mince words. Pulls the thing right out into the open. But fornication. And all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks, fornication. And according to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, they had that trouble in the early Corinthian church. Let me read it to you beginning at the ninth verse. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall... Inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you. That's God's word. And then in Galatians, the fifth chapter, beginning at the nineteenth verse, read it at your leisure about the works of the flesh, and how God pulls back the veil of the human heart and lets you see it as He sees it. All right, fornication was the outstanding characteristics of the days of Lot. Sodom and Gomorrah met the fiery judgments of God because of their wickedness. And God's Word reveals that as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Need one comment any further regarding the days in which we are now living? Sex and everything pertaining to sex thrown at you. From every side, in fornication, the level of the day, uncleanness, impurity, both physical and moral, covetousness, greediness, that is, sensual greed, greater sins than the mere desire for more money and property. And then it says filthiness, that which is obscene, base, vile which covers one with shame and foolish talking, foul mouth, abuse, godless discourse, silly babbling. Then it speaks of jesting or the cracking of dirty jokes, that which raises laughter at the expense of decency. And the air around us is saturated with jesting, filthy, dirty jokes. And the word convenient there in the fifth verse, that is, do not come up to God's standard. That's what the word convenient means. These things do not fit into the believer's life. And if indulged in, will hinder one's life and service. And unless you repent and turn away, you'll become a castaway Set on the sidelines, not usable, not allowed to be fruitful in God's service. And many a preacher has spoiled a good sermon by some silly joke. Now, the destiny of all darkness dwellers. God has stated that the destiny of those who prefer to remain in the kingdom of darkness. Now, listen. God is not willing that you should remain there or perish to practice the works of darkness. But listen, God's Word says something about he that is filthy. Let him remain that way. And if you die with your heart uncleansed, you will be filthy down through the eternal. Let me read you to you out of the seventh chapter of Mark. Beginning at the 21st verse, what God says about the human heart. Here it is. For from within, now notice it, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and an evil eye, blasphemy, Pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. If you die in that state unrepentant, not accepting Christ as your personal Savior and having your heart cleansed by the precious blood, Revelation says, he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. You'll have to live with yourself. Down through the everlasting ages that'll never end, you need a new heart, a heart washed and loosed by the precious blood. I want you to turn with me in closing for a few moments to second Peter, the second chapter, verses four to six. Now this is God's word. Here it is: For if God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, making them an example, delivering just lot and so forth. If God spared not the angels that sinned, Will he spare you that persist in sin? No. God is no respecter of persons. And then in the sixth verse of Jude, we read these verses. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Thirteenth verse. They are raging waves, sinners speaking here, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness Of darkness forever. Now go back to Ephesians verse 8. But now, here the picture changes. But now are ye light in the Lord. Ye who are sometimes, listen, speaks of a period of time but now gone forever. A past wholly wiped out under the blood of Christ with no repetition or no repetition permissible. But now a new life, a new creation. Ye are light. That is the light Jesus dwelling you, and in dwelling you you have become light. And you're translated into the kingdom of light because you're in the Lord, grafted in. So he said, now hear your works. Walk as children of light, and character determines conduct. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if a new creation, and if you are a new creation, your new life will manifest that fact. Show me your faith by your works. Show me that you're a new creation by the fruits. For by the fruits they shall be known. And by the works that you see a man do, you can determine that man's character. For Verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit, three things. In all goodness and righteousness and truth and the works of darkness degrading and destructive. And so Paul sets forth the three outstanding works of the children of light. All goodness not being a stumbling block. All righteousness, a moral uprightness with that moral uprightness that wipes the slate clean and causes one to purge himself of those things which are degrading, abstaining from all appearance of evil. With all truth, clean-cut sincerity, no pretense, no sham, no hypocrisy, no compromise, no alliance with evil. Come on now, fellow believer. Press on towards the upward goal, the high calling, that's in Christ Jesus, and strive to become like the Master. One of Satan's greatest assets, listen to me in closing, I say it with shame, one of Satan's greatest assets is an inconsistent Christian. Here's a man that professes to the name of Christ, and he doesn't live up to it. You point at him and say, well, if that's the kind of a Christian Christian, uh, that's a Christian, I don't want anything to do with it. And we've got a great responsibility on our shoulders. So in verse 6 of Ephesians 5, he says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. Let no man deceive you with empty words by lies or by a comp- compromising attitude towards sin. And so he says, Prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. Be ye not partakers with them, have no fellowship with the works of darkness. And in verse 13 and 14, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Wherefore, he says, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, Christ shall give. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Has God been speaking to you? You who are children of darkness out in the radio audience, come to the light. Jesus, the light of the world, pass from death unto life through the grace of God, for he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. And while our heads are bowed in this splendid visible audience long, how many will quickly put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I need Christ as my personal Savior. would like to be remembered in a word of prayer. I want to accept him. Will you put your hand up and say, pray for me? Before we close this meeting in the broadcast of the Old Fashioned Revival, hour? God has been speaking to you making known your need of salvation. And the Holy Spirit has been wooing you. Put your hand up. Are there any here in this audience today who'll put their hand up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I need Christ as my personal Savior. Remember me in a word of prayer. Will you shoot your hand up? Any place in this audience? God bless you. As the Holy Spirit speaks, I've been plowing, or rather the Holy Spirit's been plowing pretty deep. We haven't minced words. Anyone else put up his or her hand and say, pray for me. I need cry. I'm sorry. I have to close. We'll continue the altar service after we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.